0: This podcast is brought to you by OnTrack Studio.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Influential CEO Podcast. On today's episode, it is a guest episode and I'm joined with the incredible Tamsin. Tamson was in round one of Expansion Mastermind. She is absolutely incredible. She has multiple businesses. She is incredible in her own right and I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode. We spoke to so many things and just hearing Tamson's story, I know that there'll be so many of you that resonate and can take something from our conversation today, but without any Any delay, here is today's episode. Tamsin, thank you so much for joining me today and coming on the podcast. How are you, babe? I'm
0: good. I'm so good. I'm excited to be here. I'm very flattered. Honestly, I was like, why me? But (laughs) here I am. Um, No, I'm good. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah. Excited to have a chat with you. It's been a long time, it's been a hot minute. It has. It's been a little while, and I'm so happy that you're here. And I feel like the coolest part in you being here is It's not typical, I guess, for even in your industry and what you do both in person and also online. So it is probably a little bit different for you to do something like this, but I'm so happy to have you on because I know that there will be so many women in your world, in my world, that need to hear this conversation and need to hear your story and just the empire that you've built and the businesses, more importantly, that you've built. So to start off, I just want to ask a question around your week. It's a new segment that I'm going to bring in With any guest that comes on, you're high Mm -hmm. and you're low, and we'll focus kind of on the business realm. So, for you, if you think about the last seven days, what are you celebrating and what has been potentially not so good?
0: Oh, okay. So, I would say, I mean, it's the good and the bad. Um, There's been a lot of sick stuff lately. So, I've got a salon, I've got staff, I've got a team, and Um, there's been a lot of like girls that have been sick and I, old me, would be like, oh my God, my life's over. Like I would go into a bit of a a guilt spiral, shame and, and all of that. But I honestly, I was so proud of the way that I responded and how I was like, you know, right now it's my responsibility to lead the ship. It's my responsibility to um, you know, run the salon. This is the choice that I make owning a salon and it's just what I have to do. And it's what is required of me right now. So yeah, just, I'm, I'm proud. And it was a high, like the way that I acted in the moment because old me would have gone into feel sorry for me, like everyone, you know, my life shit sort of thing. But I, yeah, no, I would say that that's definitely a high, how I handled the last week because it was a fucking hard week. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I love the transparency and even what's cool on that and I think a conversation I've been having a lot on the podcast recently is having problems always present in business but also being really quick to have solutions and something that you obviously do so well I know this about you already is you're very quick to find a solution to any problem that presents in business as well so I guess your high and low is kind of just the compound of you being able to quickly switch into CEO mode and just get shit done when you need to get shit done.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like at the end of the day, no one's going to save me. Mm. And the only choice that I have is how I feel and how I handle those moments. So yeah, the choice that I made was a choice that I was proud of. And I would say that that is definitely a highlight of the week.
1: I love that. And I guess to give the audience and everyone listening a little bit more insight to who you are, what you do and where it all started, I would love to hear your story sort of start until now, because I know you've had a huge journey in business, not necessarily a linear one, but you have built so much success in your own right. And you've built such an incredible community and just entire little empire and I want to know more about it. So if you could rewind to the beginning phases of everything that you've done, where did you all begin?
0: Right. I was reflecting on this earlier today and I I just thought like holy shit, like it I literally started from the bottom. Like let's go back to 10 years old. So my parents decided to move us to another country. So we grew up in New Zealand um when i was 10 we moved to australia to a really small country town where we um mom and dad bought a dairy farm so we grew up on 400 acres close to the beach we had such an amazing childhood we had paddock bombs motorbikes horses like you name it but I just felt like as a young girl, I just had so much desire to just be living like in a busier life. Like I wanted to to be in the city. I wanted to see fashion and all of that, but it was, I, I wasn't exposed to any of that in the country. So fast forward to high school, I I suppose I always felt like I never belonged. Like I felt like I had all of these friends, but I never fully had like a close connection to them. I never felt like I belonged in in anything. You know, they did dancing. My siblings played soccer. Like there was nothing that really um, sparked my interest. And it wasn't until I was about 15 years old, and I so long story short one of my best friends from primary school her and I went to separate high schools and I stayed really close friends with her throughout high school and I was like her mum to, to me was like my mum and I went to her partner's um, also her brother's 18th and her mum's best friend was a hairdresser and owned salons in like the local town, she had two salons and she came up to me and I was 15 years old and I'd had like two cruises or something. And I thought that I was so drunk and so cool. And she goes, Tamsin, I'm looking for an apprentice. Would you be interested? And yeah, I'm like hundred percent. Yes, I am interested. I would love to be a hairdresser. Anyways, I was calling mom all night that night. Like, mom, you need to answer your phone. I'm leaving school. I'm, I'm, I'm going and doing an apprenticeship. And, um, the next day mom was like, you're not leaving school. Um, and I begged and begged and begged and mind you, I am a Leo. And when I want something, I genuinely get it. Like I just begged and I just, I said to her, you know, if I stay in school for the next three years, not only am I wasting your money, you're wasting my time. Like I know what I want to do when I want to leave school and I want to be a hairdresser. So after countless weeks of begging, she let me finish up year nine um, and start an apprenticeship. And I didn't have any, any school holidays. Like I went from leaving school the end of term to straight into full-time work. That was such a huge transition. And I, I look back now and I think I don't actually, I, I didn't actually think how big of a deal that was until only recently. Um, I lost a lot of my friends, when I left school because they saw me as like a dropout. They saw me as someone who was leaving school to do a dead end job. Um, So that was really challenging. But so, yeah, I started in a salon in in Inverloch, a small country town. And um, Inverloch is amazing in the summer. If anyone knows Inverloch, like you would just, it's, it's very touristy. Like summer is an actual fucking vibe. Winter, winter, not so much a vibe. It's cold. It's boring. The shops are closed. Um, definitely not where I wanted to be. Um, the summer was great, but it got to—I think it was like March, April—the following year after I left school. And you know, every single day we were doing Pam's perms and you know Doreen's blow dries, and I just knew like. This isn't the type of hairdresser that I wanted to be.
1: Um,
0: My boss, bless her, was a bit of a hard-ass, which shaped me into, I suppose, who I am. But there wasn't a lot of emotional, like, connection. Like, she didn't understand me. So we battled quite a lot. Um, My 16th birthday, which was six months after leaving school, I quit my apprenticeship. Um, I packed a suitcase and I left home. Um, it was all very quick. I had just had enough. I had had a fight with mum that day and there was just something inside of me that still didn't feel like I belonged. Like I didn't feel like I belonged at home. I didn't feel like I belonged in this small country town. I just knew that I needed more and I needed to spread my wings. Um, so (laughs) Essentially, I ran away from home, but I ended up at my mum's sister's house thinking that she wouldn't tell mum. She obviously told mum where I was, Um, (laughs) but that was a classic Tamsin avoidant um, scenario.
1: (laughs) And 16-year-old, you just being like, I've got this, I'm taking off, I know exactly where I'm headed, and then it's like to my auntie's house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm running away. I wrote mama letter like don't contact me. Like I even wrote in there I'll still pay my Telstra bill. Like bless <laughs> cover um, the overheads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll still pay my way. I promise. Um. So when I got up there, I it was, uh, it was all over the place. Like I thought I hated hairdressing, but it wasn't actually hairdressing that I hated. It was where I was, it was the town, it was the environment. Um, And I ended up getting a cafe job for Mm. two months. Um, And that was like, honestly, I was in another world. Like I was underage clubbing. I was just so unaware of what I was doing, but I was young and I didn't really have anyone that could like pull or to pull me in line. Like no one actually sat me down and was like, Tamsin enough is enough, but it got to maybe like three months of working in a cafe. I had no money. I was, you know, spending all of my money on getting a bus to work and then spending, you know, a dollar on bloody pasta sauce and 90 cents on pasta. And like, it was just like, it wasn't the life that I wanted to live. So, I actually decided to go and find another hairdressing apprentice uh, apprenticeship and um, caught the train all over Melbourne, going to all of these high-end salons. Um, I've always been someone who, like, when I want something, I want, the be- I want the best. So, like, I was, you know, making sure that I was going to the best of the best salons, and it came down to two. And I picked one that didn't necessarily have a great reputation, but there was something so like I was so drawn to it. It, I don't know why, like, well, I know why now, but like at the time I was so drawn, even though everyone was like, no, like they've got a bad rep, like don't work for them. Um, And I'm so glad I did because there was endless opportunities there. Like I not only grew into an amazing hairdresser, but just like personal growth wise, enormous, like the support enormous, um, the people that worked there, soon became my family like I hadn't really ever felt connected to anyone in my life but these people were like my people and this is where like the love for hairdressing really started they sent me to Rome they sent me all over Australia like it was just amazing like I was chucked in the deep end and I loved it so much Qualified there. And then I ended up going to um, a salon down on the peninsula who was, it was owned by like an educator. And once again, hard ass, but grateful for every single lesson she taught me. Every um, time I, you know, absolutely shut myself in one on one meetings because she was such a hard ass and she had all of these expectations and boundaries, molded me into who I am today. And I'll forever be grateful for that. But She was, I suppose, the catalyst for um, what I could potentially see myself doing in the future. And I just, I saw her life and I honestly, I wanted that. And that led me to freelancing and then opening my own salon. So that all happened very quickly. Mm. Um, I was great at building client retention and client base. And yeah, as soon as I was, I suppose, fully booked out, freelancing four days a week on my own, that's when I decided to make the plunge and open a salon.
1: What a journey
0: that was a fucking long spill sorry (laughs) I
1: love it I love it and I know that there would be so many people listening being able to resonate with something within that because there's so much that you've experienced and three things that I think stood out for me in your journey is one that environment shift when you were in your hometown and you you know potentially at the time thought hairdressing's not for me this isn't actually my passion yet you could kind of zoom out and once you moved environments you can realize sort of how big of an impact a poor environment has so even for you with that part at the time, what did that actually look like for you in that moment when you went, oh, maybe it's not the job, maybe it's not the apprenticeship, maybe it's not the work, and it's more so who I was around, where I was, and how that actually wasn't serving me. How did that kind of come to, I guess, fruition and be that realisation of actually hairdressing is for me, it was more the environment?
0: Um, I think it was just like, I just, I always felt like I was never holding myself to the standard that I knew that I potentially could. Like I knew that there was more inside of me, but every where I was every day, the people in my life, my environment, my house, like it wasn't making me feel like I was holding myself to that, that highest level. And I knew that there was more inside of me to discover and to find and, it all honestly came down to environment. So yeah, I it, it is so true when people say, you know, environment truly really does matter because it, it really does. Like who I was spending time with were on Centrelink, smoking diaries 24 seven, like, you know, they were losers essentially. And I was a loser too, because I was hanging around them, but there was always this weird feeling inside of me that knew that they weren't going to be my people forever, that this environment wasn't going to be my environment forever. Like I always knew that there was more for me um, and it just meant taking the leap. And if if that leap didn't work, I would take another leap. And it was hard, but it also, it got me to where I am now, so
1: Yeah, environment. It's huge. And even the self honesty in that for you to be able to recognize I was hanging around losers, but I equally was that person. I was equally doing the same behavior or playing into the same excuses, whatever it may be. Noticing now and being able to zoom out and go, wow, I actually put myself out of that environment, out of that situation. And in turn, my entire life changed something that we've often spoken about before. And in terms of our mentorship, but also what I speak to on the podcast is always the choices that we make. And for you... You've obviously landed in such an incredible business and life now and you can really zoom out and even just telling your story and see where all those pivotal moments were and it all was because of choice in terms of what you could see playing out and what you then chose to actually move into knowing that was going to put you on a path that led you to exactly where it was that you ultimately wanted to be. And even in that, having the salon now, having the success you have, did you know deep down that would always be your path or did you think that, you know, the time you were – I guess working under someone else would be longer than potentially it was.
0: Oh, I always had desire to have my own salon, but never in a million years did I actually think it would happen. I just thought it was always going to be this thought or this goal or this thing that I always like dreamt of or thought of. And like, I I remember being an apprentice and being like, I want to have my own salon. And it's so funny because people would see that in me. Like there was this one lady in particular who I worked with and she was always saying to me, you're going to have your own salon. You're going to, you know, do so well. And I, didn't believe her, but I did at the same time. Um, so I suppose I knew I really wanted a salon when, yet again, it came down to environment. Like I loved where I worked, I loved the girls who I worked with, but it never really felt like in an alignment with me. So that was like the real catalyst to opening a salon was to create the space, to create the environment, to create the client journey um, that I desired to have for every single one in my world. So yeah, I would say not, I haven't always wanted to open a salon, but it was just, it just made sense. Yeah. And look at the
1: salon that you have. It's absolutely incredible. So even in oh, that, she, yeah. yeah, she is for sure your baby. And I've never, even on that, in terms of client experience and having worked with you before, I know the care, attention, detail and thought that goes into Everything that you do in your work down to walking through the door of your salon, down to what the experience is like while the girls are getting their hair done, down to communication, even booking, like all these little things that happen in that whole entire process. For you, I'm just curious, like one, why is that so important and how have you seen that as being something that has contributed massively to your success because your client retention is incredibly high and you're often booked out for a majority of the year, which is huge.
0: Yeah, very, very grateful. Um, I believe that people remember a feeling and I wanted to create a feeling because we can tell, you know, we can do all of these amazing things but like clients will remember how they feel and I just wanted to create an experience and a journey where they felt, just like safe for starters, like safety is like one of my biggest values in the salon. Like I want everyone to feel safe and comfortable, but also like an, an escape. Life is busy. Life is chaotic. Like coming into the salon, escaping from, you know, the crazy life, the work, whatever it is and feeling good, like feeling a million dollars was like that feeling to me is the best feeling ever. And I wanted to, to give that to clients. So, That was number one. Um, Number two, like I never really, it's funny, right? Like I've never been interested in the money side of business ever. Like I never opened a business because of money. Like it was never money. I had no idea when it came to money. I was undercharging myself for many years. Like I completely fucked myself, but it got me to where I am. So whatever. But I didn't, I was more, um, focused on like client retention and community and connections prior to building the financial side of things. So I had so much care for clients. I didn't, you know, take all of their money and overcharge them and do dodgies or anything like that. Like it was more a, like, I'm genuinely, you know, in love with you and our connection. Like I think it, yeah, it definitely comes down to like, the passion behind the connections and building relationships rather than just taking their money and making them another number. Mm. Um, Because I would rather less clients with stronger connections and clients that are more aligned than a million different clients that are, you know, in and out and probably never going to come back again. So yeah, retention is huge.
1: Definitely even the passion piece too I mean it goes without saying and I know we've spoken to this before having passion for your work is always the thing that leads to anything in terms of sustainable business because if you're not genuinely passionate about either your clients your work the service you're providing the space the environment whatever it may be it's so unlikely that you're going to have the determination and the resilience to go through all of the hard things that come up when it comes to running a business because I know for you there have been many challenging periods like anyone owned any business you know it's not always this up upward trajectory of things growing consistently there's always periods where things may dip you know retention might be lower different things are happening but for you the passion has obviously been the thing that's always led to sustainable growth because you've never given up and you've always moved forward so with you in starting your salon and making that pivot and that shift because it's obviously a huge thing to do if there was anyone listening right now that was in a similar position to Tamsin, three or four years ago, what would you tell them if they were on the fence and wanting to make that move from going to potentially working under someone and wanting to move into doing their own salon?
0: I think the best advice I can give is to just do it, like to take the leap. I I truly believe that you will you will succeed if you have the passion for it. You will do well regardless. Like fuck what everyone else has to say. Like the longer you entertain, you know, other people's perspectives on how your life should be, like you're only holding your own capabilities back. So just do it, just do it. Like, you know, if you've got supportive clients, like it's do it and get a business coach because you will excel. But no, honestly, I, I truly believe that. There is so much um, money in hairdressing and yes, as a senior stylist, it's not, it's not great. And that's why I always say like, you need to have the passion for it because for someone who's working as a hairdresser who doesn't actually love it, it's not worth it because unfortunately it is the lowest paid trade in Australia, which is so shit. We need to get on top of that. But I think that yes, there is enormous amounts of money in it but also enormous amounts of rewards and yeah just the, the connections you can build the environment that you can build like I truly believe that you should just take um. for
1: sure. I love that. And I think the passion piece as well, right? It's like, if you know that you've got support behind you, you've got the client base and you've got the passion, anything in that will be successful. And even on that, something you said around, I guess, like the scalability of owning a salon and being a senior stylist and the pay and all the different things. I know that you have actively over at least the last six to 12 months, been putting things in place under your business to potentially have a more quote unquote scalable business. So for you, what has that actually looked like, and how have you put things in place to have, I guess, different um, different ways of generating income as well, and different avenues that you're getting income beyond just being on the floor and actually styling and doing people's hair?
0: Mm, so, I have also got a uh, brand called Sakara Soul, and we do like wellness, or well, essentially, it's like a wellness hub. So. Um, backstory, I created Sakara Soul purely because there were so many things that helped me through my hardest times. And I wanted to be able to share all of those with people that um, were going through similar times. And I saw it a lot in the salon. Like I speak to girls, females all day, every day, and I see the same struggles that I was going through, you know, years back. And I knew that there was a huge gap, um, for that. And I just thought, how cool would it be to be able to give back? So I wanted to create Sakara Soul to just like show the world that, you know, you can heal through breath work and, um, meditation and community. And I just wanted to bring like-minded individuals together to connect and to grow and, and all of that. And it's been amazing. So that's been like one, one little branch that I've been focusing on and it is, I would say more of a passion thing at the moment. Um, There is big growth happening next year, but right now, like I just need to be in the salon and that's just where I'm required to be right now. And I'm perfectly fine with that. But Sakara soul has been, yeah, really cool. So we have been doing wellness workshops. I am going online very soon for Sakara soul. So we'll be doing some like online courses and masterclasses and, Um, and all of the things, which is really exciting. But one thing that I really, I suppose, noticed with myself, like recently, there's been a lot of, you know, beliefs of the interest rates are high, clients aren't coming in, no one's, you know, spending money. Like there's been all of these stories, all of these narratives. And some of that is true and is a fact. Yes. But also like when you play into those stories, um, they become reality and um, we can sit there and we can make that our reality or we can look outside the box and we can grow and we can do other things external. So that obviously led me to doing some curl and sip workshops in the salon, uh, which not only brought in like more cash flow but was so fucking fun. Like um, it was a night – well, actually, we did five. We did five curl and sips. We probably will do more but it was just like perfect timing for – whatever the last couple of months um so it was like a couple of hour workshop with cocktails we'll teach you how to curl your hair we've got music we've got food and it was just like such a vibe like melbourne winter is boring af and we just thought how cool would it be to bring like girls together to come into the salon like have a drink have some nibbles and learn to curl your hair Uh, and they popped off like they went so well so that was fun Yeah. And what else have I been doing? A few masterclasses here and there. Like, I love it. I'm just, honestly, I'm just doing it all. Like, there is nothing stopping me at the moment. And don't get me wrong, there's been so many things that I think what the world sees, what Instagram sees, is all of the good things, right? Um, But there are so many things that, quote unquote, fail behind the scenes, which we don't always talk about and we don't always show, but like, I just want to say that it happens, you know, there's things that don't sell out there's, um, you know, things that I launch that aren't, that don't get the hype that I thought would have like, but it doesn't stop me. Like it, it, it actually makes me build more momentum and yeah, I just think like there's, there's so much to do.
1: Mm, It's innovation, right? And I think that really is being a good, successful business owner, CEO, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. If you have the ability to innovate when things are going quote unquote wrong or quote unquote bad... That's what's going to really allow you to have sustainability in business. And that's exactly what you've done. Even with Sakara Soul being this huge passion project, which I have no doubt is going to be absolutely huge in 5, 10, 15 years time. And then obviously even what you've been doing within the salon and within more of the in-person stuff, it's incredible and it shows innovation. And recently I went to Tony Robbins seminar. You girls know this on the podcast. (laughs) Yes. I know. It was absolutely incredible. And even what you were just speaking about in terms of like the economy and what's happening worldwide, he was talking about the fact that right now we're pretty much in winter, you know, in a season worldwide in terms of the economy and things that are happening and that the world works in cycles. And this is just another cycle that we're going through and that in this period, it really is like sink or swim. And the people Mm. that are going to come out the other side and be successful are the ones that actually actually leverage the shit out of being in winter, right? It's reverse engineering of going, okay, well, if we are in winter, what does that look like? Can I focus more on community, more on connection, refining client experience, innovating, creating a new business, whatever it may be, and just reflecting on You, Tam, and what you've done over literally the last 12 months and the time that I've known you, you've always been in solution mode and you've always been in innovation mode and that is why you have the business and the empire that you do because it's always been front of mind and you've even mentioned you do fail and sometimes things don't work out and sometimes things don't sell the way you want them to sell, whatever it may be, but it's never been the thing to stop you. And if we even reflect on your entire journey, I mean, my God, there's been so many times that you could have stopped and you could have quit and you could have failed and gone, you know what, hands in the air, that's me done, but you've never given up.
0: I'd say even like, um, you know, we went through a fucking crisis, like COVID, coronavirus, lockdowns, all of that. Like there were two types of people in that time the people that you know made that their reality yes it was the reality but it was like what can you do right now like your whole world's been flipped upside down but like what can you do right now to you know leverage this downtime or whatever um and don't get me wrong i spent two weeks in bed crying because the day that we went into our longer lockdown for melbourne was the day that i picked up the keys for the salon so Not only did I hand over 15 grand to the real estate that day, but we went into lockdown and I lost my job. So that was like two weeks of crying. But then something switched inside of me, and it was probably the best, best thing that ever happened to me. Not only did I have all of the time in the world to fit out the salon, to be present, to make, you know, conscious decisions because I wasn't working, I wasn't dysregulated, like I was present. Um, But I created an e-commerce store. I sold products. I built a website. Like I didn't know how to fucking do any of that, but I just did it because I'm like, okay, well, people can't go into a store to buy products right now. So how can I build a website online? How can I create a product? What do people want to do? Like, I started selling these cool, um, like not only hair, um, products, but it was like this treatment to do your own color at home. Um, cause no one could do their colors. No one could go to the salon. So they popped off. Like I had to get a career. Like I had to get someone to come and help me with printing and labels. Like, but it was just like, you know, you sit there and you, you make that your
1: story or you leverage that time and you grow. Mm. Well, even sweet that Tony had quoted on the weekend was you either actively pursue change or you fall victim to it. And that's a classic example. I know. Classic example mm. of you being like, okay, The one constant in the world is change. And I think that's the funniest part, especially with business, there's always going to be variables in play that are shifting and changing as a constant. We know that. So if you're in the game of business and in the game of life, you know that you're going to have to deal with change at some point. So being able to pursue it and not fall victim to it is arguably one of the most powerful things that you could ever do within yourself and for that it shows resilience and it shows the ability to be adaptable and if we can trust that no matter what happens external of ourselves in our business we can adapt and we can change and we can do things to support ourselves in that period you become unstoppable and really when I think about you and your story and what you've built That's the word that comes to mind where it's like, no matter what, you can trust that you will innovate. You can trust that you will adapt to change and you'll pursue it more importantly. So it's just incredible to hear your story and just everything start to finish of what you've built. And even on that, I know a huge thing that you mentioned was even just having support. And I know you're an incredible boss. I know that you really value what it's like to be a mentor for your girls and be a mentor for people in your life. And I know that you've had incredible mentors before in terms of even the second salon that you were in. You know, that woman for you obviously was such an incredible mentor and so pivotal. So for you, when you think about, I guess, What's been a really pivotal part in that journey from I guess being mentored to now yourself being a mentor for others? What's the shift in that been like?
0: Um, I suppose like I I've had a lot of great mentors in my life that have built me into an amazing business woman. Like I've built a lot of like boundaries and, and whatnot from them, but the one thing that lacked was the connection and the vulnerability and the emotional side of things and not only did I not have that with them, I didn't have that with myself. And the more personal development and self-awareness and emotional intelligence that I've built within, I just want to create, I suppose, a safe place for my team to not only like grow as like these incredible hairdressers and stylists and leaders, but as, you know, people that have great self-awareness and self-confidence and, you know, know why they are, why they are and how to deal with certain personality types and people. Like I just want to be everything, but mm. <laughs> them, not just like, okay, I'm going to show you how to create a business or I'm going to show you how to do hair. Like I want to be the leader that leads by example, but also um, shows them that there is, you know, it all starts with me. It starts with you. It starts with us. Like we are humans and let's help and heal and and do all of the personal growth so that we can be the
1: best versions of ourselves in every area of life. Mm, It's so cool. Even in our time working together, you just reminded me, you Mm. often would plug in with things around wanting to support team. How can I be better with team? How can I build this with team? How can I create this environment? And that is a huge testament to who you are and where your values lie because I know for you, having an incredible environment for you, particularly in the salon, was always front of mind and always priority, which was absolutely incredible. And I guess for you in that, I know that you joined Expansion Mastermind. It would have been what, like the beginning of this year now? Yeah, yeah. Beginning of this year. Crazy. I cannot believe we're in September. I know. <laughs> Even know. I'm <though> having withdrawals. <laughs> withdrawals. I'm just curious with that because I know obviously this is how we connected. It's how we met and I'm so glad that we had that period together. Obviously, you weren't in the online space particularly at that time and being, you know, a salon owner and working more in person, why choose a mastermind and why put yourself in that space? You know, what was the catalyst for you then being like, this might be the missing thing for me right now? Um,
0: I suppose I was always really drawn to you and your vibe and I didn't know what it was because I knew that, you know, I I didn't want to be – at the time I had no idea what, like, an online coach was. I didn't know what a mindset coach was. Like, I just – saw how you led your life and i was so inspired by that and when you started to speak to masterminds and close proximity and environment and friendships and all of that like i was just i felt as though i was lacking in that in my life i didn't feel like i had people in my world that um inspired me um enough like i definitely do but i didn't have you know a lot of friends or whatever that held themselves at a higher standard so when, yeah, I suppose when you announced that you were doing a mastermind with um, 10 businesswomen, I was just like, hell yes, I want to be a part of that. I want to put myself in uncomfortable positions, but also in rooms that are going to expand me and around people that are wanting to put their best foot forward and wanting to, you know, do their best and hold themselves at a higher standard. And it was honestly, it was that it was everything and more like it was best. It was so good.
1: Yeah, and I'm so happy that you joined as well. I remember when you plugged in initially, obviously, we hadn't had much to do with each other before that time. And then I think we were celebrating like the quarter or celebrating something big in terms of what we were doing in business. And you dropped in with your win. And I was like, who? the fuck is this girl? <laughs> what is she doing? What has she built? It was incredible. And yeah, that period together was amazing. And I think even the birth of Sakara Soul and what you were focusing on then um, and just everything that you were doing within the collective and the salon and all of the things, it was just amazing to have that period working together and to see your growth since then has been amazing. And I can only imagine what is coming up for you in 2024 and all of the things. So if there's anything that you can share in regards to what's coming up for you, what would you like to tease to the listeners right now?
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, so next year is going to be, so right now I, not that things have been put on hold, but I'm required to be in the salon at the moment and that is perfectly fine. I love it there. But next year I feel like I'm going to be working more in the business rather than, oh, sorry, more on the business rather than in it. And I have a huge passion to not only um, lead my team but lead the industry from, I suppose, a place of change, a, a positive change. Like I just want to, I suppose, positively impact the next generation of hairdressers. And, um, like I was saying before, like it starts with you, it starts with us. It starts with like leaders and business owners. So next year, my goal is to not only positively change the, um, hair industry, but to just lead stylists and educators and all of that with like the best possible, um, like leadership ever. So, Yeah. Hopefully that will be, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots to come, but I don't want to give away too much yet.
1: (laughs) No, that's that's all we're giving away for now and it's absolutely incredible. Your goals and where you're headed, I can only... I can see it for one. I can only imagine what it's going to do. And I'm so happy that we've had you on the pod and there's going to be so many incredible women listening that just want to be a part of your world in some capacity. So if anyone is listening and wants to find you on socials, where can they find you? I know there's a few places, but where is the best place to go?
0: The best place would be Hair by Tamsin. That is not only hair, but it is like my whole entire life. I live on that page. Um, And Sakara Soul is the wellness hub. So there's lots of, um, yeah, wellnessy things on there and you'll learn so much. So Sakara Soul and Hair by Tamsin is where you'll find me.
1: I love it. Well, Tamsin, thank you so much for joining me today and coming onto the pod. I have loved having you here. I've loved hearing your story and I cannot wait to hear the feedback from the listeners because that was a huge episode. But thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Very grateful for you, my girl.
1: (laughs) You too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're not following the Influential CEO podcast already, make sure you head over to Instagram and give us a follow. Also, message me at the Riley May if anything really landed from today's episode as well. I highly recommend you jump inside the Facebook community if you're not there already because there'll be a lot of movement in there in the next couple of weeks. And just a little announcement, we are having a four-week break in between seasons for the podcast. We have so many plans and so much happening behind the scenes for the influential CEO and I cannot wait to bring you along for everything that is moving behind the scenes but there are so many incredible episodes on the podcast already to go back to binge during this period so I highly recommend going back and listening to those episodes but I will be back in your ears very very soon and I hope you girls enjoy this little break and I'll be back in your ears in less than four weeks.